You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Welcome back, guys. It's episode 10. We have made it to 10 episodes. Joel, how are you today? I'm doing well, man. It's good to be here. Good to be with uh, you and our extra special guest this evening. Uh, looking forward to the conversation we're going to have. Uh, but before we dive into that, Andy, let's uh, let's say some thank yous to some people. We've we've needed to mention them for a while. And just have. to remind all of you that there are there is a, a community of support behind us. We we don't do this on our own. We do it with your help. We do, and we would like to thank our Patreons, Scott and Jesse, Shane Brandenburg, and Ty Miller. So thank you guys for being our support. If you want to check us out and also support the show, you can go to dudesanddadspodcast.com slash support, and you will get hooked up with all the ways you can support us. We appreciate it, and also a good reminder that if you've got show ideas, comments, questions, strong criticisms, uh, you can uh, send those over to dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com. We... uh, we check those regularly, and uh, we have a lot of good show ideas that are in the hopper, or if you're from out east, the hopper. Uh, so, uh, and it's much thanks to you guys. So, uh, yep, send us the emails. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, so you can find and, all and Twitter and the Twitter. Have we, we ever do you tw- are you tweeting I do from tweet, our? But I think I'm like one of two followers, and I'm I'm the one. So wow. So our Twitter following is not so strong. We want to see our Twitter followers raise up. So if you have Twitter, go out there and find Dudes and Dads podcast. I think it's at Dads Dudes actually. So Dads going, Dads and Dudes. Dads Dudes. Dads Dudes. Yeah. Dads Dudes. <laughs> yes. Dads Dudes. So wow, that's what we're going with. So. Social media presence so strong. Well oiled machine. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to. We want to first. We, we're going to introduce you to our guest tonight. Uh, with us tonight, we have Ted Love. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's gl- I'm, I'm glad to be here. We're glad to have you, Ted. Uh, just a little background. Uh, you know, as always on this show, our goal is that we want to introduce our friends to you, our listeners. And, uh, or people that we want to become friends to. Yes. You. Yeah. If we, we want our friends to be your friends in one way or another. And uh, Ted is absolutely no exception to absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Ted, uh, serves in so many capacities in this community. We, uh, Andy and I know him primarily through, uh, the fact that we attend church with Ted over at Clinton frame, but, uh, Ted is known by many people in this community, um, because he is an educator and really just a general all around nice guy. I, that's what I tell people anyway. I'm glad you tell people. <laughs> I do. I, I, I don't, I don't. I don't try to put lipstick on a pig. I just say the way it is. <laughs> That's right. He's a generally nice yeah. guy. Uh, but Ted, yeah, if you could uh, introduce, uh, so here's what we want to ask first, because we're just going to dive right into the conversation. Because let me, I just feel we're gonna we're gonna build this conversation to a to a, a pinnacle of excitement. Can I say that a pinnacle of excitement? Absolutely. Andy? That's a new phrase for you. <laughs> a pinnacle of excitement. And uh, but we want to start off with uh, just kind of hearing. Uh, we'll call it the dad stats. Uh, so Ted, you've been married for how long? 30 years, 30 years to your lovely bride and love and love made name Reed and Reed love and Reed love. Um, and, uh, Anne is a, uh, medical professional in our community. She's a nurse practitioner and, mm-hmm. uh, does, does a wonderful job, 
uh, with all those patients out there that will remain nameless because of HIPAA. I don't know who they are anyway. But anyway, uh, so you, uh, 30 years of marriage. You've got two kids. We have two adult uh, children. Uh, ben is 23. That sounds right. And, 23. We'll, we'll go with that. Yes, we'll go that with sounds that. right. And Emily is 25. Yep. Great kids. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, when I meet, when I meet young adults, uh, it's always great when I meet young adults that I enjoy. I mean, I'm a young adult pastor, so I'm supposed to enjoy most young adults, but uh, your kids are definitely no exception. Good, good kids. And, uh, I think they're pretty cool. Fun personalities, <laughs> just like their parents, uh, a world of fun. So, uh, so Ted is indeed both a dude and a dad been married 30 years, two kids. Uh, and, and Ted, tell us, uh, what, what do you do? What is it you do, sir, uh, for a living? What I do uh, first of all, because of HIPAA, I'm going to be very careful about yeah. what I say. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, what I do, I've, I've been an educator a long time. Uh, I started uh, teaching probably 25 years ago in Goshen. Yeah. And I taught school at Oaklawn mm-hmm. for about 18 years and transferred. I'm now at Goshen Middle School. It's a great place. A lot of, lot of kids there, a lot of good people there. Yep. And uh, I love my job, but what I do there primarily is I teach math, uh, I teach some science, and uh, I work with uh, students that have anger issues, mm-hmm. uh, behavioral concerns, yeah. uh, a lot of issues with the family. Yep. Uh, one of the main issues that I come across a lot in uh, I, there's no there's no differentiation between the girls and the boys on this one, but uh, uh, children that uh, don't have um, strong father figures in sure. their life yeah. or just don't have uh, you know uh, there's a lot of good grandpas out there. Yeah, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of good grandparents, uh, but a lot of the students I work with have gaps. Yeah, in their in their father yep. figures. And uh, as we'll go on, that's, uh, you know, for a time that's something that you even personally identified with yourself and your own story of, yep. of the, the role of the father and the desire to, to know dad. Um, so, Ted, tell us, let's, let's, let's go back several years. I won't, I won't say how many. I won't, <laughs> let's go I won't, back. I won't He's been guess. married 30 years, yeah, so, so we're, we'll go back we're a little gonna bit further back. than that. Go yeah, back. Yeah. We're going to go back to the 70s, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can I can feel the tingly <laughs> disco light shining in. Um, so Ted, tell us uh, where'd you grow up? What was childhood like? What was it like to be a kid uh, back in that day before the interwebs? And uh, yeah, where'd you grow up? What was what was childhood like? What was your experience? Well, I grew up in uh, Kokomo, Indiana, and um, my first memories, uh, the first house I can remember living in was uh, a, a small house in Indian Heights that I thought was absolutely huge. I would run down the hallway and I could scream through the hallway where it turned a little bit. And as an adult, I realized that it was like a Cracker Jack box. <laughs> it was like three steps and the hallway's over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I lived there with my uh, two brothers, um, Mike and Don Harper. And uh, lived there with my mother, uh, uh, Linda was her name. And uh, it was an interesting uh, chapter in my life because I just did everything my brothers did. Wherever they went, I went with them. But uh, 
unknown to me at that point in my life. Um, their dad was not my dad. Mm-hmm. I called okay. him. I called him dad because uh, that's what they called him. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't live with us. Um, so I became more aware that things weren't always going to be the same. Uh, that community was very interesting. I went to a Baptist kindergarten. I went to a first grade in public school that was just around the corner. Uh, walked to school. Uh, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have uh, VCRs, and uh, we didn't have uh, you know CD players and uh, oh, oh man, cassette players didn't <laughs> yeah. exist back then either. Uh, so it was. How did they live, Andy? I'm not I don't, sure. I don't we we could hardly function. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we pl- we played outside yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, the highlight, one of the things I remember growing up that being a highlight was watching my brothers kind of lead this mini Indianapolis 500 around the block on bicycles. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, it even uh, had radio uh, broadcasting. <laughs> oh, wow. Nice. It got the attention of some people. Wow. <laughs> so it was a big deal back then. So how how much, oh, I'm assuming your brothers are older than you. Like what, is there age like how much older than that I was you? five at this time uh, five or six Don would have been um, 10 or 11 and Mike would have been 12 or 13 All right. yeah. yeah so you're you're the you're the younger guy you're observing you're seeing and uh, kind of um, uh, growing up in that in that environment I mean would, as you look back now you say like good childhood for you uh no okay I yeah. would say no I would say that part of my life, you know, I, I, I told you some good things. There were some bad chapters there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some real ugliness. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting discovery while I'm talking to you guys, if I'm really going to tell you, yeah. uh, everything. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. But I will tell you, there was some real ugliness as a child there in that. And Indian Heights is a bad neighborhood. Okay. Um, and we spent a lot of time outside and my mom worked midnights and, uh, as an adult and I look back on it, um, you know, I, I was in the hospital, uh, for over a week. Um, as an adult, I know that what I had, uh, my condition was, I had an, a bowel impaction oh, okay. as a first grader. Yeah. I've come across students with those kind of conditions, mm-hmm. uh, during my time teaching and their stories, uh, and the reasons behind that are never good. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, that's, so those are like connections that you made, like you made later, like, I would say or... as a first grader, I had control issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something I could control. And I literally had to go to the hospital uh, and spend a week there. And uh, I tell my wife, uh, the bad part about this was I learned to hate nurses. (laughs) And then I married one. (laughs) You married one. (laughs) The the irony of that. Yeah. Yeah. So... So a lot of things in your younger years, clearly you felt like were out of, out of control or outside of your control. There were a lot of things out of control. Uh, the man I called dad was Ron Harper and he was a great guy. Mm -hmm. He worked for IBM. Uh, he was my mother's first husband. Um, 
good situation, good man, always yep. treated my brothers right, always treated me well. I called him dad until I was about six or seven. Okay. And that part of it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you, uh, it's a strange thing to say this to you guys, but uh, since we're being a little real here, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> but, it. Yeah. You know, Ron came to pick me up one time, and I don't know, I, I think they introduced me to a play school like a pre-kindergarten kind mm-hmm. of school where they'd serve you, you know, um, some nasty potatoes or something, <laughs> yeah. tater tots, and, yeah. and that's supposed to make you happy or something. But I remember going there. I didn't want to go. Uh, probably had attachment reaction disorder at that mm-hmm. time in my life. Mm-hmm. Didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say this, that uh, Ron came into the room, and I ran over, and I punched him in the groin. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and, of course, he had a, a re, you know a reflex right. reaction. Right, right. And uh, I think that was me telling them my world was not okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you said you called him dad until you said six or seven, right? Yeah, until I was six or seven. So what happened there? Like, tell us about like what changed at that point. Well, the house we were living at, unknown to me at that time in my life, was owned by Ron. And um, my mom met another man. Um, she was not married to her first husband at this time. Um she met a man named Calvin Cron, and that was my stepdad. And he was a really, really exceptional man. Um, I can say uh, one of the things that I think is exceptional about him was he never raised his voice to me, mm-hmm. ever. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's, wow. yeah. Who, who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that's the kind of, uh, stepdad I had. And he stayed with my mom until, uh, my mom died. Uh, so she died in 04. Mm -hmm. And so they were together for a long time and he became my primary father figure, but it was, he was different in terms of, um, you know, um, most people have seen uh, some of these baseball movies. Baseball movies always kill me. They slay me. Yes. You know, uh, the baseball with dad and son, you know, playing catch. That kills me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, uh, Kevin Costner's uh, asking his dad to have, you know, a little bit of, uh, hey, dad, you want to play catch? And I'm already busting it. You know, I'm. I'm losing it by this time. In There's the movie. nothing more pure than a son asking his father no, no. to go play catch. That's right. And and uh, so he did that with me, and that was a that's a great memory. Mm-hmm. And he was really really powerful. And uh, I would say the only time that he ever got really kind of uh, strict with me was one time uh, as an 18 year old. I came home about 15 minutes after he did. Oh boy. Yeah, and mom didn't know because she came home a half hour after. I did. And he, uh, he said, you've been out all night. And I said, yes, I have. I was not safe to drive. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, that's good. That's good that you were smart about that. But, uh, so, uh, where were you? And I said, where I was, I was at a friend's house and, uh, it was unplanned. Uh, I will say it was a good time, but it was unplanned. <laughs> um, and, he told me, he said, well, if that's the kind of behavior you're going to have uh, when you go to college, uh, you're not coming home. Hmm. Wow. He said, for a year, he said, you're not coming home. I don't care whether you get A's in school uh, or either whether you flunk out. It's your year, and what you do with it's going to be up to you. So if you want it to go well and you want to graduate from college, then make it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing he ever told me in terms of 
parental advice. But that clearly stuck with you. Oh, yeah. 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 It, yeah. it was meaningful. Yeah. Um, just to put an emphasis on uh, Cal's, and I, call, I never called him dad, mm-hmm. ever. Um, if I called him dad, I wrote it on a card, or I might have said it in kind of an emotional kind of mm-hmm. moment. But um, I loved him enough to name my son after him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you, you, you know, you graduate from high school, you, you got through that, and you went off to college. Did, did you want to be a teacher? I mean, was that always like a known thing that you wanted to be an educator? I would say we have to back up a little bit. Sure. If we go to third grade, I failed third grade, couldn't read, didn't know how to do math. Uh, recently, literally about four weeks ago, pulled out a third grade report card. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. It was good for me to remember. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah. Um, she called me Teddy and, you know, and she saved my life. It, her name was Mrs. Horde. Um, she was something else. Um, it's a rough last name, by the way. <laughs> right. Mrs. Yeah. Horde, if I'm assuming she's no longer with us. She's but. no longer with us, <laughs> okay. uh, but she saved my life. I will say that because she requested to have me a second year. So it was, uh, you know, she believed that I could learn. So, uh, and I was, I ended up comparing the two third grade report cards. I improved greatly. <laughs> Good. But the, this, the thing in my life that made a difference along with her noticing that I couldn't move on without, you know, uh, really getting a foundation was was the fact that um, we didn't move. My mom was married to Cal. My life stabilized. Yeah. And that's important because when I was 13, I asked some pretty big questions about where's my dad yeah. because my mom's name was Chisholm. My, my two brothers had the last name Harper. My mom's married to a Cron, and my name's Love. Where does that fit in? Yeah, right, right. So, you know, we lived in the same house out in the country, had Amish neighbors, um, just had a really good set of friends that kind of lived a half a mile to two miles away from me. Um, I didn't know anything about church back then. Uh, and my the guys that uh, lived close to me just started inviting me to come to uh, a youth uh, uh, convention or to come on Wednesdays to their activities. And I started doing some of that. And, and I really enjoyed that. Always wanted to go to church. Uh, my parents didn't go to church. So that kind of um, planted some seeds in me. And I ended up um, kind of going going from there in church. But uh, when I was 13, uh, the rubber kind of hit the road and I started asking some tough questions. Mm-hmm. The yeah. kind of questions that I think, uh, um, I think some of this is developmental in terms of when a, a young man starts asking questions about life and, and wants to know more. Um, you know, there's so many issues out there today where families are put together um, stepdads, stepmoms, um, grandparents, step grandparents, and 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 you know we have families that are made up of two dads and two moms, and yeah. it gets confusing yeah. for kids. And I know that uh, uh, I'm pretty sensitive about um, identity mm-hmm. and and truth telling when it comes to those subjects. So. Uh, 
whoever's listening, whatever family system and uh, you've created or, or has come about by life circumstances, I would say be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, well, so to back up, uh, so you're at age 13 and you're like, okay, who's my dad? Yeah, that was a rough question when I asked it because uh, the the main the main thing was I was dealing with a mother that wasn't really going to tell me the truth. Okay, gotcha. that was the bottom line. She she was she was protecting her own identity, and I didn't know what was going on at thirteen, but I had had enough of it and realized there was something I needed to say to her. And so I said it and I set a rocket off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, sure. I, I basically, I told her, I said, uh, um, did my dad, whoever he is, did he even know you're pregnant? And she got furious. Hmm. So, but it was the truth. And she produced Clayton love the very next day. Mm. Yeah. Which was a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, she produced a man that's on my birth certificate, but he's not my father. Gotcha. Okay. And I had a great stepdad at the time. So it was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I met the man, talked to him, um, made the assumptions uh, based on what I was told. Uh, I ended up uh, uh, believing that. Uh, when I was 26, um, uh, I went to see him. I'd had one prior visit with him at 13 and maybe an hour conversation with him prior to that. And then here I met 26 and I go visit him with my wife. And uh, that was the next chapter. Um, Met his other children uh, at this time, still not knowing that they're not my brother and sister and he's not my dad. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a special story with that. I mean, God, I think, unveiled for me um, what I needed to know when I needed to know it. Mm-hmm. And at that time in my life, I believe he was my dad and tried to make that work. Uh, he wasn't interested in any of that. Uh, he told me some of his family history, uh, told me he didn't think that I was his son. And we kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. So um, this, this is at 26. Yeah. 26. That yeah. Wow. At 26. Um, the next major event in that chapter uh, happened um, probably in 2006 or seven. He was dying of uh, lung cancer and brain cancer. And uh, he was dying and his daughter asked me to call him. And, uh, and I said, uh, actually, she wanted me to visit him in the hospital first. And I said, no. I said, I'm not invited. He doesn't want me there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think I'm his son. I said, it seems inappropriate. Uh, so I was pretty resolute about not going and I didn't go but she was resolute about saying hey my dad doesn't know Jesus oh yeah and so she was a Mormon Mm -hmm. and she said I don't know how to tell him about Jesus (laughs) and uh, at this time she thought that I did so I said "Um, well I don't know I don't know if it's appropriate to call him but uh, I told myself no I'm not going to call I don't remember telling her no on the phone that I wouldn't call, but I remember saying out loud, I'm not calling. Mm -hmm. And I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, uh, hey, you're going to call. So I got off the chair and I called him. And I remember his wife said, Clayton loves on the phone for you. And his response was, who? She said, (laughs) Clayton love. And it was interesting. She said, do you want to talk to him? And he said, yeah, I'll talk to him. 
so at that time, um, um, it was a it was a good conversation. It started out pretty abrupt. He goes, "I want you to know, I don't think you're my son." I said, "This is not about that." And he said, "I think you might be my brothers." And I said. I said, well, I don't care whether you're my uncle or my dad. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter to yeah. me. You still need to hear what I need yeah, to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I yeah. said, I don't think it's about that. I yeah. said, I, I ripped the Band-Aid pretty hard on him. I said, you're dying. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, you have cancer. You're going to die. But I said, the point is, is that your daughter loves you so much that she called me to talk to you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I can do that. Yeah. And um, we'd had a really good conversation. Um in the end, uh, he said, uh, I said, hey, do you, do you mind if I give you another call sometime? No, that's fine. You give me a call. That's, that's great. I'd be, I'd be glad to talk to you. And he died like 10 days later. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I don't know why that chapter happened, but it was probably 04 to 06, somewhere in there when between the time my mother died and the time I had this conversation with him, I did a genetic test with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think it was after he died, in fact, that I found out that he's not my dad. So mm-hmm. at the time that you were talking to him about about being a Christian, you did you believe, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Did you know, have that doubt in your mind that he may not be your dad? Or did you, did you did. kind of know? Okay. I did. I was told he... He was. He's on my birth certificate, but I had doubt. Um, I had reason to believe my mother wasn't telling me the truth about a lot of things. Um, it, it seems really strange to talk into a microphone to a couple of guys about what really happened. Yeah. But what really happened was my mom told me a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've worked through those. Um, but I will, will say that uh, it's strange to say these things out loud to a, a the general public, yeah, sure. you know, oh yeah, uh, people I work with may hear this and they're going to think, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I will say, I'll I'll tell you a couple of them. Uh, one, my mom was, um, she was not a good mother, uh, and she had good reason not to be a very decent mother when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned as an adult that she had her children taken away. She had my two older brothers taken away from her. And back in the sixties, you didn't get your children taken away for no yeah. reason, right? Yeah. So. Uh, that happened, and and uh, but she was struggling. She was struggling on you know the basics, knowing how to take care of boys, uh, children, and learning how to take care of herself and uh, her take you know maintain a job and decent relationships. And so she was uh, involved with some abusive men. Um, and and where I'm at now in terms of my job, it feels almost like I'm talking to you guys about some of my students. Yeah, and I'm yeah. really not. I'm talking about yeah. me. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, but it's familiar. Yeah. Um, so I will say that um, back then, um, I think she did the best she could. When she married my stepdad, her life started to stabilize. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to the lies that she told me, uh, she told me three or four big ones. She told me I had leukemia growing up all the way through um, high school and married life. Uh, she told me I had leukemia when I was a baby. Um, she was mistaken. Uh, she said that I had chemotherapy, which I never had. Wow. Um, she said I wouldn't be able to have children. 
Which you clearly did. Which I clearly did. Beat that one. Uh, But I will say that uh, it's strange. Uh, You know, these lies had real effects in my life. And um, I remember uh, having the discussion with my wife, Anne, about uh, getting a fertility fertility test because uh, I I wanted her to know up front, hey, um, if I'm the right guy for you, I want you to know I may not be able to have children. This is what I'm what I've been told. Right. Um, so we said, well, we'll go check that out. So we did. And, uh, uh, you know, in a comical way, the boys are swimming. Yeah. (laughs) Everything was working as it's supposed to. That's good. So, um, do you have any sense of like with that, with, with her telling you that specifically, what motivation was there behind that? Because that, I mean, that's not just something like, that's, that's, very, not, that's yeah, not like a white little, yeah, right. like a, a thing you just like float out there to somebody. No, no, she had specific reasons. I mean, this is like a giant jigsaw puzzle to me. Yeah. And as I've put the pieces together, I think one of her motives back then, uh, she raised money at Delco Electronics okay. for a child with leukemia. And I don't know how confused she really was about medical terms, mm-hmm. but I asked for my uh, records, my medical records when I was a, a young uh, baby and uh, toddler. And uh, I found out that I had anemia, not leukemia. Oh, okay. Uh, did she confuse those terms? Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Um, and I had um, a transfusion not chemotherapy. Gotcha. Yeah. So maybe um, she was young. She was in her 20s. Um, maybe she was confused. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, you know, we didn't have GoFundMe uh, back <laughs> right, then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so that's a strange story. Yeah. But that's part of it. Yeah. And, and so back in 1970, you could not get birth control unless you were married. So she was already a woman that had two children, had been married and divorced twice to the same man, uh, had a couple abusive relationships, uh, and had given a daughter up for adoption. So I have a lot of compassion for my mother that uh, wasn't the best mother back then. But I will say this, she transformed. Mm -hmm. But... That's that's a different part of the story. Yeah, yeah, and just uh, it's a, I mean, that all unfolds over. I mean, so many years. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like a total journey to you know from from that place to to you know how things ended, and so so you have in your mid twenties this this conversation with and and you find out there's a paternity test and you know the DNA doesn't match up this man that you've been told is your father is indeed not. And so, I mean, are are you, are you back to the drawing board, so to speak? Are you back at square one when that happened? At that point in my life, um, uh, it was confirming to some of those thoughts that, that I had even at 13. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Uh, so it was, it was a, it felt right. Mm -hmm. Um, strangely, um, during that time, it was a it was a strange time because I met his other children, and then uh, another woman came out of nowhere, and she said uh, she was my sister. Uh, but he also had another child that he, okay. he was not aware of. Okay, so that didn't really go anywhere. When I found out that 
he was not my dad and these two half siblings were not related to me. Um, I felt bad for um, what would have been my half sister because I think she just liked the the connection. Yeah. And she and I have stayed connected on mm-hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. She's really a nice person. And uh, so, but I went seeking truth after that. Yeah. And boy, was I in for a ride because yeah. uh, I took a class at seminary uh, back in the 90s with David Augsburger. And David Augsburger had a class on family systems and I thought, okay, let's let's listen to this man. It started sounding interesting, and then it sounded to me like I can do something with this. And he had a strange class. He gave an assignment that was supposed to take up to five years. Okay. <laughs> and he said, you can contract your grade, but the work that you're going to do this semester isn't over until the project's done. The project was to ask your family anything you think is relevant to your who you are but ask them all the same questions hmm. wow. and write down everything and then transpose everything on top of each other and find truth mm-hmm. and learn your family system yeah so I basically crawled all over the tree on a dead branch. Wow. This was Clayton Loves. Yeah. Right. Uh, Back then, I remember uh, I had pictures of his family. I had stories about his life. We found out things that he didn't want me to find out. Sure. Um, Clayton Love was never uh, married. Uh, His his mother and father were never married. So his uh, name should have been Bell. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't like uh, me finding that out, but. Yeah. It was truth. Yeah. Now, the fact of the matter is, after I took the test, I found out that I did all that research on a dead branch. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, now what? Yeah. So being the good Mennonite that my wife (laughs) is, you know. Everyone's related to everybody else somewhere, cousin somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you you started digging. Well, she she had her side of the family completely done, mm-hmm. primarily by her mother. But genealogy was pretty important. She she thought, well, what are we going to tell our children? Yeah, who your dad is. Yeah, and so the bigger part of my story probably uh, isn't uh, my mother's um, struggle to raise me and and to tell me the truth. Um, the best part of my story is um, all the father figures I had growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, I had a great stepdad. I had a wonderful Amish uh, man that reminds me of, uh, I know you guys are dudes since we're on dudes and dads <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. And most dudes don't know anything about Anna Green Gables. Okay. So uh, there's, I and, have two daughters. Yes. So, and, yeah, I'm, and my wife. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, we've got kind of we're a little there. something special for Anna Green Gables. A little we're something there. going yeah. on here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dudes that know Anna Green Gables. Right. This is great. That's right. Okay, Matthew. How, how did we? How did we get? We get like got drawn into that. We admitted. <laughs> we admitted that. It's like we went. It's like yes, me too. Yes, you me guys too. have your hands in the air. Oh boy, yep. look out. Yep, you're gonna have some dude talks now. Yep. There we go. Yes. All right. Well, Matthew's a pretty special guy in mm-hmm. Anne Green Gables, yeah. and 
there's a scene uh, between him and Anne that's pretty pretty cool, and he reminds me of my Amish neighbor, mm-hmm. yeah. Henry Hirschberger, <laughs> was a quiet, gentle man uh, that loved his animals and and loved his wife, and just very quiet, and uh, reminds me of Matthew, mm-hmm. good man. And you asked me earlier about you know. Did I always want to be a teacher? Yeah. The answer to that's yes. Mm-hmm. But it's because of the coaches and the teachers had more effect in my life. Um, they were more powerful uh, in, you know, I believed what they said and I saw um, stability in who they were. I loved their character. I loved my coaches. And uh, I had several that... Um, well, I have one in particular that I still have in my phone, mm-hmm. and we still have contact yeah, regularly. And I cannot call him by his first name. Yeah. His name is Dan Robinson. Yeah. I just cannot call him Dan. Yes, I can't call him Mr. Robinson. <laughs> I can't call him Dan. I have to call him Coach. Coach, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would not be able to look myself in the mirror if I called him uh, Dan. <laughs> seems seems wrong. So, so this uh, sort of a constellation of positive influence – uh, men that came alongside of you at different seasons. Oh, absolutely. And just filled. Uh, do, do you think that they? Do you think that they knew how significant it was at the time? You know, those relationships were. Do you think that they had a sense of that, or were they just being who they were? I do think that Coach Robinson did know he had. He knew he was going to have an impact on us. Mm-hmm. Um, he turned a, a football program completely upside down. Um, he actually sent people onto Division One football. Mm-hmm. Um, great coach, uh, but he... Uh, one of the speeches he gave us uh, that I'll never forget was he described, what are you going to do when you're, you're married and the doorbell is ringing and you've got a flat tire on the car and the baby's diaper is dirty and the dishes are are just overflowing the sink and you've had an argument uh, and there's no milk in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Uh, What kind of man are you? And what are you going to do? You're going to fold the cards up and quit? You're going to run out? Mm -hmm. Um, And he used that as a story he told that story with these uh, Charles Bronson eyes, okay? This intensity <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, to a bunch of high school football players that don't know anything about being dads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember him telling that story right before we went out to play a game. Right? Yeah, right. What is? That? What are you doing? It's yeah. like some sort of Jedi. Uh, there's like a kung fu Jedi thing going on there. Yeah, with- he basically said, "You've to, you've got to you've got to hold together." Yep. You got to hold together. You got to do this together to make it work. Mm-hmm. And you have to do it in your families. Yep. It's not just about football. Yeah. Beautiful. So at, the, at this point, you know, you found out that your your dad that you thought was your dad wasn't your dad. Right. You've been chasing down things. What's next in your story? Like as far as is going on, did you continue on to try and search for your dad or what I happened? I did. I did the five-year assignment. Um Then um, Henry Louis Gates Jr., um, Dr. Henry Louis Gates from Harvard, um, he came into my life uh, through a television show, okay. sitting on the couch with my wife, Anne, and uh, we saw Dr. Gates uh, talking about 23andMe Genetic Company. And I said to Anne when the show was over, I said, I'm going to do that. 
Henry Louis Gates Jr. was the first African-American to have his full genome done. Mm -hmm. Uh, His dad also had it done. And that took me on uh, kind of like the genetic ride. A big part of my story in finding who my dad was, was uh, basically uh, I started with 23andMe. I think I tested with 11 different people genetically, starting with this prospective half-sister that turned out Mm -hmm. negative. Um, I turned... Uh, it turned out that um, I tested with several people in my family, um, several people outside of the family. I've tested with uh, four or five total strangers that I've asked to test. And that's a whole, uh, wow, that's a whole story to describe to somebody how you ask somebody to take a genetic <laughs> yeah, I'm test. Sure. I'm yeah. sure, yeah. That doesn't know you. Yeah. Um, but no one's ever turned me down. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing. Um but what we've done is we've taken genealogy and we've taken genetics and we worked the two together um, to find truth. And I'm related to uh, a surname of LaFlowers. Mm-hmm. They're French. Um, most people know LaFleur, uh, uh, the hockey player. Mm-hmm. He's in the hockey f- football, I mean, hockey uh, uh, hall of fame. Uh, but... The Lafleurs were people I was related to. I ended up, um, oh boy, there are too many stories for me to tell in 45 (laughs) minutes with the genetic ride, but I will just name some highlights and then I'll I'll just kind of go through them. The first thing I did was I tested with the half-sister. That told me some truth. And then I tested uh, and found uh, a relative in Moscow, Uh, happened to be a first cousin. Um, that was kind of a family secret Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. Um, This first cousin was adopted. Uh, No one in the family knew that. And long story short, I stayed out of that, but uh, the person that was adopted was a really special person in my life. Uh, She uh, was adopted, wanted to find her parents, and she went to Ball State, and uh, she went to Notre Dame. And she ended up, uh, uh, she was living at Moscow at the time when she took her genetic test. Mm -hmm. Another person I came across was um, um, a sister, a half-sister that I never knew I had that found us. Wow. And she genetically tested. Um, I tested with uh, a lady in Philadelphia. Um, She tested with 23andMe, and she was a, a third cousin. And she had a second cousin and a lot of genetic uh, and genealogy information that she gave to me, which I sat on for two years thinking it's no, it's not going to lead to anything. And I ended up testing with her cousin and that led to a certain amount of truth in her life. And I tested with her brother and these people are in their Mm seventies and found out he's a second cousin. Wow. And then I tested with another relative in the uh, uh, Flower family, uh, Pensacola, uh, Florida, and found out he's a cousin, but it was more distant. And so I thought, well, we're going in the wrong direction. Mm. At that point, uh, we looked at the genealogy, and I was emotionally saying, you know, I need a break from this. Yeah, because <laughs> you're you're trying to narrow. I mean, you're trying yeah, to narrow I'm, down. I'm right? trying to narrow you, it down and work that direction, but mm-hmm. it's like. At, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing at every turn, you're just kind of like waiting with bated breath of like, what's this going to reveal? What's it going to reveal? What's the next stumbling block? Yep. What's the next hurdle? Yep. Um, it was such a strange 
week. Uh, it was close to the end of the, this uh, last school year in May, and Emily had come, uh, my daughter had come home from uh, a wedding, and she, as a gift, she got a little genealogy book to fill out. Uh, she was talking to her mom about genealogy, and I wasn't in such a sour mood about it at that time, so I said, oh, okay, I'll listen to the story. And, of course, my wife uh, was taking a uh, quiet, sleuthy approach to this, and she was working steady on her next uh, theory, mm -hmm. and so she presented that to me, and I said, okay, fine. And uh, we had a subscription to uh, uh, whitepages.com. Uh, which gave us some phone numbers we could call. And she said she thought that a flower had to marry into the Clemens family because they were Clemens and Powell's. So let's back up a little bit. I took 23andMe, that's one genetic test. Then I did Family Tree DNA, which is a different one. And then finally I did Ancestry.com. And Ancestry.com had more... Clemens and Powell surnames. Mm -hmm. So the LaFlower and the Clemens came together. So we had tested with several of the LaFlower men. There were uh, back, you know, you go back a few generations, they had a lot of kids. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's yeah, like, yeah, uh, where yeah. do you go? Uh, so we finally tested uh, with, we put the connection together between a LaFlower woman married to Clemens and um, the man we were the man I was about to call um, was a man from Marion, Indiana. Um, I called randomly, literally right out of the phone book. You know, yeah. uh, we don't use phone books anymore, <laughs> yes, uh, but. folks, but uh, there is uh, whitepages.com is a phone book. Yes. Uh, old timers it's call it. Digital, yeah. but it's, yeah, yes. it's a digital yeah. phone book. Yeah. So uh, I, I called, I think, three or four numbers that were listed and they were just dead ends, dead, mm -hmm. just nothing came about it, and wrong number. I scrolled down, and there was one more number, and I called, and uh, Kathy uh, Clemens uh, answered the phone, and uh, she proceeded to tell me that she was not uh, related to the LaFlowers. I mean, a lot of people have already asked me, how do you start a conversation like that with someone <laughs> right. you don't even know? Sure. Right. And I said, uh, hello, my name's Ted Love, and you don't know me. Yeah, right. And, and I said, I'm looking for some family connections. I've done some genetic testing, and I'm related to the LaFlowers. And she said, well, we're not related to the LaFlowers. We're, we're Clemens, and uh, we're not related to the LaFlowers. And her 94-year-old mother in the background said, oh, yes, your grandmother's maiden name was LaFlower. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it was like, wow. Thanks, Grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Jesus, yeah, because right. uh, Grandma's hard hearing. <laughs> and she heard, she heard <laughs> and that. And she heard that. That's good. And uh, that proceeded to the next question. She didn't hang up on me. She wanted to know who I was mm -hmm. and why I was calling. And yeah. I gave her everything except the Social Security number. Yeah. Uh, we had a great conversation. And, and I said, well, I'm just... 10 minutes into the conversation, I said, I'm just, we're at a place now where you need to know that I think um, Robert Clemens is my dad mm -hmm. or could be my dad. Mm -hmm. He's the right age uh, and in the right place and he's related uh, to my grandmother, yeah, uh, which is his grandmother. Mm -hmm. 
Now that's strange when you start thinking that way that I'm calling a man that I know has the same grandmother that I do. Yeah. But I don't know him and he doesn't know me at yeah. all. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, I'm going to tell him this story when he wakes up because he was asleep. Um, my aunt and her brother lived together with their mother. Uh, my dad is 75 years old. Um, at that time, I was actually talking to my aunt Kathy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so she, he went for coffee in the morning. Can you imagine being a 75-year-old oh, man, man and not knowing you have a son? No. Yeah, man. And he woke up for coffee, and she asked him, do you know Linda Chisholm? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, I don't know Linda Chisholm. And he said, well, let me think. So he's drinking his coffee. And she said, well, it was a Linda Chisholm from Kokomo. Oh, yeah. I remember a Linda Chisholm from Kokomo. She had two boys, two older boys. She had two little boys that lived with her. And these were my older brothers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was amazed when I got that information. But uh, as it was recorded to me, uh, he said, yeah, I remember. I lived with her for two months. Okay. And yeah. and so I was having, it was the last day of school in May. <laughs> yeah. And I get a phone call from my Aunt Kathy. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, he remembers your mom. You want to talk to him? Jeez, so yeah, I, I spoke to him on the phone. Yeah. And basically he told me that he lived with my mother and, and it was a short conversation and I told him we'd talk, uh, later. Uh, we spoke that night. Um, but the only way I can describe it to somebody that really wants to know what that's like, um, is I knew without a genetic test, I knew that it was him a hundred percent knew. And, um, the imagery, it's its an image to me. It was very visual what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, it was like Moses uh, experiencing this water wall going straight up, like this huge tower of water uh, that was rising. Uh, uh, just an incredible, powerful wave that I knew was going to come crashing over me. Yeah. And I, I kind of yelled out to the guy I worked uh, with at the time, and I said, uh, you know, since this is dudes and dad, yeah. Hey dude, you, you got to get over here and, and take my class yeah. because I've got to get out of my classroom. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went down and there are a couple of really, really, uh, uh, very powerful ladies at work that, uh, I completely have followed some of my journey mm-hmm. and, uh, a couple master teachers. And, uh, I said, ladies, can we close the door? I have something to tell you. And it was a surreal moment because, um, I kind of let my guard down. Uh, I was emotional. Yeah. I uh, felt like it was crashing over the top of me. Yeah. Um, I got a text message from my aunt showing me the first picture of my dad I'd ever seen. Oh, wow. 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 So, um, you know, at that point, um, you just feel overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, when you do genetic testing, when you go looking for something uh, like family, uh, people put their own... They, it's so strange to listen to other people fill in my blanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I won't... Uh, I'm not critical of that. Yeah. And not very many people have done it, but I've heard it. Um, like, why did you... Why did you... Why did you need to do this? Yeah. Uh, even a close family member said uh, recently to me, um, they thought it was about legitimacy. Hmm. 
And it has never, yeah. ever been about legitimacy mm-hmm. uh, for me. Yeah, it has been about uh, identity. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's been about it's been about uh, finding the truth. Yeah, uh, and I I think when people are afraid, that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that it does go sour for people. Mm-hmm. I think people have all kinds of expectations, and I told myself, you know, uh, this is. This could be ugly. Sure, the truth sometimes isn't isn't because sure. isn't, uh, you didn't know what kind of man your right. dad no. might be, uh, and I still really don't. Mm-hmm. What I have met so far, I'll get to that. But um, at that time, no, you don't get to choose. You know, isn't that the truth though for yeah. everybody? Yeah. No one gets to choose right. their parents. Yep, yep. Uh, and and some people as adults. Uh, there are lots of people that are adopted that don't want to know their biological parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we live in a, uh, in, in an age now. Uh, and, uh, my wife just finished uh, reading a book about sperm donating, mm-hmm. uh, donations, yep. uh, sperm donors that donate their sperm. Uh, they create a child. Right. And they think that nobody can find them <laughs> and it is not true. No. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what I've done with my wife is it's not easy. And I got the attention of Dr. Gates. He and I corresponded some Mm -hmm. during this process because finding a paternal match with no record at all is like finding a needle in a haystack. You have to seriously do a lot of work, Yeah, Yeah. but it's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, going back to what it was like, um, you know, over the next several days, there were some phone calls. Uh, we planned to meet. Uh, when we when we had our meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I I can't even describe uh, what it was like. I know. Um, I told my wife. I said, "Do you remember when we got married and we went through the ceremony? Uh, you don't really remember a lot of it. It's, a, just, it's a blur. It's a blur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right." Um, I said, "I had no." awareness of where my wife was <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. I somehow didn't look up from the dash of the truck when I got out. I wanted to shut the car off and make sure my seatbelt was off. And prior to that, she'd asked me, well, what questions are you going to ask him? And I said, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm hmm. not going to script this. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think in the back of my head, I thought, you know, do I hug him? Do I give him a handshake? And I thought, well, just do what he does. Yeah. So he stuck his hand out. And so I shook his hand and then I gave him a hug. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm Ted Love. Right. I give hugs. Yeah. That's r- <laughs> yes, you do. That's right. That's right. Dude's got a hug. Yes, that's right, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a good meeting. Uh, I All I can say is, you know, there's language that's unfamiliar. You know, I'd grown up never calling anyone dad. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and so Norma Dean is my grandmother and I referred to her as Norma Dean and they said, Oh no, 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 that's grandma. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. And, uh, Kathy, uh, she's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm your aunt Kathy. Yeah. And your uncle's coming over to see you and your cousin too. Oh boy. And so I had my uncle came over and, uh, my cousin came over and on the phone I had, I had, uh, another uncle and another aunt in Florida that that called, and I've been Facebooked by uh, eleven cousins. <laughs> oh wow! wow. I'm, I'm the twelfth cousin. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 
So Norma Dean has 12 grandchildren now. Wow. And uh, I'll tell you what. um, My dad's name is Robert, but he doesn't want to be called Robert. He he likes Bobby. Mm -hmm. And so I had to cross that bridge before we left that night. Uh, And I just, you know, ripped the Band-Aid. And I said... uh, so what am I supposed to call you? Am I supposed to call you uh, Robert, Bobby, Dad? Yeah. He said, you can call me Bobby or Dad, but don't call me Robert. <laughs> <laughs> so what? what's it like to have your dad tell you that he can call you, that you can call him Dad? Wow. I knew you were going to get me sooner or later on this. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. That yeah, was great. Yeah. And I will tell you, um, I called him dad. Yeah. When I left. Mm-hmm. Strange. Yeah. And, and for anybody listening that has any questions about it, I mean, I had a great stepdad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. Right. Um, right. My, my stepdad was a big enough man to be who I needed mm-hmm. as a dad during that time in my life. Yep. This is a different chapter in my life. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Um, and being denied, um, I don't have any bad feelings at all about being denied um, my real father's identity and his relationship. It was what it was. Mm-hmm. Um but what we do with it now, that's between the two of us. Yeah. And uh, this Sunday, I'm going to go see him again awesome. and, uh, with, my, with my two children. And yeah. uh, I'm going to get to see my son uh, play guitar with his grandpa. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, one of the things about my, about my dad, it, see, it's not even, it doesn't flow <laughs> off the yeah, tongue. Yeah, right. It doesn't really yeah. flow off the tongue yeah. very well for yeah. me. Uh, but one of the things about my dad is is uh, he plays guitar and uh, he is um, in love with country music Mm -hmm. and he's part of country music. Um, It was strange to, to hear some of this because I know old country Old country is Patsy Cline. Sure. Yep. It's uh, Buck Owens and the Buckaroos, uh, groups that uh, young people don't really know a lot about now. Mm-hmm. But um, they might know um, Patsy Cline if they looked her up mm-hmm. and George Jones. But uh, Patsy Cline's um, husband was uh, my dad's best friend. Wow. Yeah. And uh, George Jones was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Jones brothers or the Jones band was put together by George Riddle, which was another one of his close friends. Mm-hmm. I, know so, all, I know all those people because they had really good hair. That's, that's <laughs> uh, the, the old, you know, the those old country folk. Like, that's always what I think of George Jones is just that it was that, that, that quaff of, uh, of hair. It was, mm-hmm. it was magical. Yeah. So... So now you've got this commonality of, well, I mean, your kids are going to meet their grandfather Mm -hmm. and that's been, I mean, that's like a new, it's a new chapter for you, but then now it's all this extended, all your, your kids and your wife and, and all these, and all these experiences. Um, how are they feeling about it? 
they've been on this ride for a long time. Um, I think they're, Ann and I have already crossed that bridge. Mm -hmm. So how, how are my children feeling about it? My daughter's totally excited. I think my son's a little reserved. Um, but I think he's I think he's excited to play guitar with his yeah. grandpa. If nothing else, that he said grandpa. Yeah, wow. and he said it more naturally than yeah. I did. Yeah, uh, he's named after his stepdad, mm-hmm. but he still wants to meet his grandpa. Yeah, right? that's that's good. Yeah. I feel like when once the guitars start playing, oh man, I think that'll be yeah, that'll, that'll be, be a, bo- a common bond. The music of heaven, right there. That's good. You know, I'll tell you something. Um, this visit is going to be great, and I've already planned a trip with him uh, sometime. Uh, he has some sort of a special trip he does to uh, – he goes to Nashville. He's mm-hmm. part of retired organization of um, of professional entertainers, mm-hmm. and they have kind of a banquet down there, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that. Amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. So. Well, you know – Ted, I just want to first and foremost say thank you for being right. brave and sharing the story with us. Yeah. I, yeah, we appreciate you coming on oh, and, man. and yeah. sharing that with us. And, and I, you know, I hear all of this and I go, nothing replaces stepdad, uh, uh, surrogate father. What? But like the deal is, is that we need a father. We, we need, yeah. you know, that's built. We have a lot of discussion today about about the role of dads and, and all of that. And number one major blessing that there were men and, and this is what I want to encourage all of our people. There were men that stepped in mm-hmm. to the void when you needed it most. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in case you guys haven't noticed, you know, Ted love is not living under a bridge somewhere today. You know, right. he, he, uh, he grew up to be a, uh, a, a man that, uh, I deeply respect and I'm so grateful for and have, has poured into my life. But I just see it. It's like, you kind of begin to realize like, Hmm, men that stepped in to a role that they didn't biologically decide to step into, but did it had, had an impact that was, that was valuable and it was, it's what was needed. And I think, you know, for those guys that are out there listening right now, you can be that person for somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, uh, and you know, Ted, as you can attest, there are plenty of young men that are looking for somebody who will be, as you said, that that constant, that, that provide that consistency in life, a level of stability where they maybe have not seen stability before, and um, we're we're grateful we're grateful for those people because you didn't sign up for that role, but uh, if you've got your radar up for it, there are, there are places that you can you can connect, um, and uh, I just man, if nothing else, it's just wild to me that you were in this new. At this, not that you're super old, just to be clear, but at at, at, at fifty three, at fifty. Thank you for saying <laughs> almost it, so. Fi- almost fifty four. Thank you for naming that. Uh, <laughs> you, you're. I mean, it's this new chapter in at at almost fifty four years old yeah. of uh, like all this learning that you get to do now and all this catching up and all these connections. Well, I went to buy him a card for this first meeting. Yes. Uh, there are no Hallmark cards for this. <laughs> no. Get on it, Hallmark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's no Hallmark for yeah, this. Right. And one of the things I laughed about was I thought about giving him a, uh, it's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> here, here. Daddy, here yeah, I am. Here I am. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, man, 
I, I hope this story, uh, we just, we love sharing stories. We love hearing your story, Ted, and we're just so grateful. Uh, it's an honor to hear it and that mm-hmm. you would share it with us yeah. and, and with our, with our listeners. So, uh, yeah, good, uh, dudes and dads community out there. Uh, we just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for checking in. Uh, as always, we want to, we want to share the best stories that we can find and, this is definitely one of them, a solid episode number 10. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be here. Yeah, we're, oh, we love you so much, Ted. We're grateful So you for know you. what time it is, Joel. Oh, it's the time for. Now it's time for the Dudes and Dads Pop Quiz. All right. So like every episode with our guests, we like to ask this pop quiz that you don't know we're going to ask you. So we're going to ask you just random things. Uh, and I'll go ahead and start. What was the make and model of your first car? It was a 1973 Pontiac Catalina, and it was a nasty green. <laughs> the the 70s green was particularly nasty. I don't know how they figured out to make it so unattractive, but they did. Uh, Ted, can you tell me, uh, we actually have asked this for several guests, uh, first place, your first date with your wife, where'd you go? Oh, it was a Christmas, uh, it was a Christmas feast Ooh. at Heston College. Oh, oh. Uh, the date was uh, going well when we played footsies. Oh, <laughs> scandalous at Heston College. Fantastic. All right. All right. And what is, oh man, your favorite music group? Oh, wow. I have so many. I I have a passion for guitarists. So mm-hmm. not all the guitarists that I enjoy are, I like Chris Isaac. Um, I like Eddie Van Halen. I like Eric Clapton. I like uh, absolutely uh, the classics. I like a lot of different styles of music. I like Christian music. I like I like some rap, but not very much. Uh, but I like old country, new country. Um, there's a certain sound I like. Mm-hmm. I like some Metallica, mm. and I like uh, I like. Um, some creed <laughs> wow man oh that's a deep cut uh let's see uh oh um oh my favorite country though is john anderson john anderson yes no. just a swinging oh, wow seminal wind wow okay you've alienated half of our listening no, I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding uh ted what would you say if uh if you could have if you could have done a job different than being a teacher, mm. what would that job be? I would have either been a police officer, uh, primarily, pr- probably a, a DNR officer. Okay. Nice. I thought we about that myself. DNR, we do. We love, we our, love them because we uh, hunt. And- yeah, we do. And are all of our, I don't, Andy, I think you're, this is the truth for you. Those new uh, DNR officer reality shows that are out there, my kids could watch those twenty four seven. They're just like, I hope they get the poachers. It's like amazing. Yeah. And our f- last question: What is your favorite restaurant to eat at? Oh boy, my favorite restaurant would probably be in in Goshen. It would be Memories of China. It's mm. a good choice. It's a good, good choice. choice. Yeah. We love the Memories I love of China. Chinese food. And unlike many restaurants in this fair city of ours, you can receive your food within a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> Doggone it, Goshen Workforce. Let's fix this problem. Anyway, um, so congratulations yeah. to Ted Love. He has successfully completed yet another Dudes and Dads <laughs> pop quiz. 
Well, we want to thank you for being on our on our show. Uh, thanks for the wonderful conversation. Guys, you can always uh, find all of our show notes at dudesanddadspodcast.com. We love to hear from you, so send us an email, dudesanddadspodcast at gmail.com. And as you all know, Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Leave reviews. Say we're great. Give us the stars. All the good stuff. Uh, that helps people find our content. So, guys, as always, we love you. We're grateful for you. Grace and peace. Thank <laughs> you.